Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Laundry Mixtape Series, where we bring an artist or a music lover once a month to my room or my house, or I come to you. Honestly, it's just a show every month highlighting the diversity of music and the accessibility of music in the Northern California area. Um, Today we have Anna Maria Rye, who lives with me, um, so she knows all about the laundry room that we have. Um, she will be playing three pieces for you today, and she her background is in um, classical violin at UCLA for undergrad and SF Conservatory for masters overgrad so <laughs> so here she is she will be explaining the pieces between and then we'll have an interview afterwards and if you want to perform or just share your mixtape please contact and we can get you on but for now here's Anna Marie um so the first piece that I'm gonna play for you oh first of all thanks for having me Leah. <laughs> go way back okay the first piece that i'm gonna play is uh written by a really good friend of mine who's a pianist and composer in the bay eric tran he is yeah a great a good friend and we we graduated together from the conservatory and this this piece is called Prelude, and it's for solo violin, and he actually wrote it for me, and it was the best Christmas present ever. He sent it to me in an email, and um, I was like, what? I like started playing it from my computer, and I thought it was so cool. It's about water, and it's about the three stages of water. So um, you'll, you'll hear how it transitions and goes from uh, solid, so water is like and then into liquid form and then as vapor and i'm really impressed with how he wrote it for so well for violin since he is a pianist and everything fits really well in the hand and it's really cool there's this crazy pits uh which means plucking pizzicato means plucking in italian there's this crazy plucking section at the very end so, I hope you enjoy.
okay. So um, the next piece that I'm gonna play is this pretty, pretty <laughs> huge, uh, um, it's like a really big go-to piece within the standard classical violin repertoire. Um, but I'm only gonna play the, the exposition of this concerto by uh, Tchaikovsky. Um, the exposition is just the beginning theme, two themes actually. Um, it's there's a it's super romantic. This piece it was written like during the height of the Romantic era in the in the nineteenth century. Um, it's just lovely and um, very fun, really hard, and it's a continual work in progress. <laughs> That I'll be working on till I die. And um, just a, some kind of fun facts about it. So it's, yeah, it's one of the probably top three most difficult, but also most famous, I'd say, concerto. Um, concert, concerti? One of the most famous concerti within the violin repertoire, with, along with Brahms and Sibelius's concertos for the violin. And um, What's interesting about it, though, is that it's really come a long way in the past, what, 300 years? Because at its premiere, um, it, was a, it was a huge flop. And um, there was like this horrible review written about it because the violinist was able to, to do it pretty well, but he wasn't able to rehearse with the orchestra that much, I think. So, um, yeah, but since then, it's just become so famous as this amazing piece of uh, this amazing composition. So hope you guys enjoy it. And, um, yeah, I also don't have an orchestra to work with. So, uh, you guys should check out the, like legit recordings of it with an orchestra it really adds to it. Okay. This is Tchaikovsky's violin concerto, just the exposition of the first movement.
Oof. <laughs> um. Okay. So, uh, now I'm gonna slow it down quite a bit. And here is another, um, another piece by a very famous composer, um, whom I think really a lot of violinists would say is one of the best composers. Um, I mean, period, but also uh, for violin. Um, this is by Johann Sebastian Bach, who wrote six partitas and sonatas, so three partitas and three sonatas, for solo violin in um, the 17th century. And it's just, they're all really amazing in the, just how much, <laughs> I mean, Bach is known for being able to, uh, his, his harmony in all of the different voices that he'll layer on top of each other. Um, that's what he's really known for in, in all of his compositions, like on the, in, in all of his music from like chor choral pieces to, to organ to then solo violin. Uh, like this, this tiny little wooden box just has four strings but he's able to to make it sound like um, multiple players are playing on it um, <laughs> that's what makes it really hard too anyway I'm gonna play um, my favorite uh, out of uh, my favorite movement movement out of all of his sonatas and partitas which is the Largo from his third sonata in C major and this is, uh, yeah, it's called Largo. And it's very slow and intimate and beautiful. And one of my teachers once said that this is like wedding ceremony music. And then the, the movement that comes right after it is like this hoedown wedding reception music. Um, and I mean, yeah, everybody loves the reception part of the wedding, probably more than the ceremony, but, um, this is still, I think, one of the most amazing pieces um, written for the violin. So I hope you enjoy it. It's also a work in progress.
Anna about music stuff. Um, Difficult questions? No. Oh. I, I oh, guess good. the first one could be like, why the violin? Why? <coughs> how did you start? Oh, I wish. Stuff. Yeah, I wish there was a cooler answer. Well, in some ways, it's cute. Um, my two older sisters. I have three sisters, <laughs> and we all play violin. <laughs> um, actually, like I love playing with them. It's really fun. Um, and we branched out and can play a little guitar and mandolin and, um, well, they can. Yeah. I mainly stick to violin, but, um, my two older sisters had started before me and they were my heroes. And so I wanted to be just like them. (laughs) I was four. I didn't know any better. Um, I, I guess at the end of the day, I'm glad that I was, I'm glad that I, um, did choose it because the rep, the repertoire is just so good for it. Um, and yeah. And so then I hated it for a while and then, oh, and then are you talking about like why I chose to keep, keep playing it too? Um, yeah, I had that like definite stage, that stage where I just like didn't want to play at all anymore, but I don't know. I'd just been used to doing it every day for so long it was just something I couldn't give it up and then in high school I started playing with a piano quintet and so um that's a string quartet with piano and um it was so much fun it was so much fun playing with um other high schoolers who liked playing and um it was way more fun than just being holed up in a room by myself so then when I got to I was deciding, you know, like, oh, what do I do? What do I want to study in college? I, I was kind of sick of just like academics and wanted to, and wanted to just get better at, like, and be really focused about it. And um, yeah, I had no idea what like that meant career-wise. I just knew I wanted to keep playing and becoming better. And uh, yeah, it grew into this like definite passion. Um, going more on the technical side, yeah. how do you really approach pieces now? Because like the way you, before you were explaining at UCLA, the way you played was very like technical. You were focusing on how you played, but not the entire emotion or how you listened to it. And now after having gone through a master's program and everything, you're, you've, find it more smoother and, and like you're it seems like you're looking at pieces as a bigger picture so how did that change like how do you approach pieces mm-hmm. now as you did then and what have you like learned yeah um the violin is such a i mean <laughs> every instrument is difficult the violin i think is is um especially difficult um because it's just uh, you don't go around you don't go walking around with your arms held up like this and it's it seems pretty unnatural i think <laughs> anyway so i think for the longest time yeah i only would approach things as like oh how do i hit the notes technically how do i make it work but uh one thing i really learned at the conservatory is uh, my teachers would make me sing things all the time um because really as much as yes, the violin is difficult. It, you, 
I think the biggest thing I really learned how to do more um, is to always be singing the music inside my head, and that will create the most organic, um, the or- most organic sound that will come out of my instrument. Um, and then it won't like I mean you can sing like twinkle twinkle little star and be really focused on like those notes, but it doesn't sound very good, right? But <laughs> right, but if you're just singing it more naturally, like how non-robots sing it, like yeah. twinkle, twinkle, little star, then um, there's it's just going to be so much more enjoyable to listen to, and it's going to sound more like a piece and a, like a story. Uh, not that twinkle, twinkle is really like there's so much of a story behind it, but when it comes to like big concertos or sonatas or things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think that's how I'm starting to approach it more is, um, really like first, how does the whole line, like the whole phrase, that's what we would call most of these, um, like, like a, a piece, any piece of music, like from like Lana Del Rey to, (laughs) to Tchaikovsky is made up of phrases right and um and so I'm just figuring out how to how important the phrases are which ones are the most important and then within those phrases which notes are the most Mm. important to make up the whole thing does that make sense yeah so I'm trying to sing all of that in my head even though there are no lyrics and that's tricky but um that really makes the whole thing um yeah, I, I have more of a, an emotional connection yeah. than when I figure out like which lines are my favorite, which are the most important, what what they are supposed to kind of mean. Does okay. That make sense? Yeah, it Sorry, does make sense. But drawn out. going off of that, then yeah. when you <clears throat> take a like sections or if you take a piece that you're presented that you're playing with like say an orchestra or yeah. if you're playing individually, um, like how do you balance? what's more important, your own emotional ter- interpretation or mm-hmm. trying to portray what you thought someone like Tchaikovsky was trying to portray through writing? Oh, 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 so, uh, yeah, that, that's always a, that's a tricky balance that you have to figure out is how much of this, because yeah, you really, really, you want to uphold what the composer wrote. And... Um, just out of respect for like this, that's, it's his piece of music as much as you then from there can have your interpretations. Um, you do want to, um, yeah, I think just like respect the composer, but that being said, then like also having strong opinions about really, I think actually your, your opinions about how something should go should really stem from, well, what the composer first thought yeah and then from there you can make it your own and that like mm. that, then you bring yourself into it okay so yeah. there's a I balance guess, it's I, not just one or the other no 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 no, for sure not but i i you know that's a really interesting question that i'm there's so many answers to and maybe one day i'll have a different answer but yeah. i would say right now i'm I think it's really most important to uphold the composer's mm. wishes, especially as I've been working with com- modern-day composers. Yeah. And sometimes I'll have 
my own own opinions about how things should go. But really, uh, I um, it's it's the best to work with a composer who wants to also know what you think about their piece. Yeah. But I also like I'm not a composer, and so I want to do the best that I can to um, to bring out how, what they're thinking. Yeah. Because they do a lot of times they won't. They're not violinists. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to help them convey what they're hearing in their head. Yeah. But what happens when you run into, like, new music pieces or minimalist pieces like Terry Riley's In C mm-hmm. or John Cage pieces where they try to take out the hierarchy of composer as being the one who is like above the performer and then the performer above the audience. Right. I think that's, I think that then it's really fun. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, yeah. To do, do like chance music mm-hmm. type of stuff where it's going to be different every time. And the composer does give the, the performer so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Which one do you prefer? Hmm. I haven't played as much chance music, I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, at all. It, it, the little that I've played has been, it's actually really difficult because sometimes you just don't know, okay, like, what is the point of this? Because <laughs> it's like with Bach, it's so, it's very much clear, like, where he's going with mm-hmm. things for the most part. And, um, but like, and I think maybe that's because I'm kind of like a more, <laughs> I, I like things to kind of I'm still fun but I, like, <laughs> but I like things to like have some sort of order yeah. or structure yeah like some sort of yeah you know totally, totally. so it's a, it's harder to play um something where it's like this could go on for 20 minutes and we won't know maybe it'll go on for an hour <laughs> you know like it's just more difficult for for my personality type so yeah i guess i prefer okay non is do you think it's music. more personality type or the nature of the violin since it's such a like melodic instrument mm. hmm. even though there's like new music or whatever it's the or, nature of, or it's sorry, it's my, it's sorry, okay. no, it's, it's my personality because there are so many, yeah, there's, yeah, other violinists I'm sure who who are just all about it. Yeah, I'm just saying th- like how violin has come to develop is very like a leading or orchestral instrument, while something like percussion is like, who knows? So I'm wondering <laughs> if that's it had influence on you maybe i mean i uh there are a lot of stereotypes as you know about like (laughs) versus personality matching their instruments like we all want to be the cool cellist who's just like laid back no one wants to be the violist (laughs) (laughs) just kidding (laughs) just kidding but not. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's a beautiful instrument. <laughs> yeah, in the right setting. <laughs> oh dear. No, I'm just kidding. It is a beautiful instrument. Yeah. Anyways, 
do you have any last things you want to like shout out or explain shout out to eric for um yeah. writing that that lovely piece it's he's have he has an album coming out um later in the fall um of his other compositions he wrote he wrote a string quartet he wrote another another piece that i played with him on the album um for violin and piano he has some solo piano stuff yeah it's it'll be great um yeah look for eric tran um and any other things oh leanne can we talk about our musical collaborations (laughs) sure (laughs) all right um well okay yeah i was just telling leanne that like earlier as we were setting up how like one of the ways we first bonded in like seventh grade was that she gave me the the yellow card cd (laughs) she's like there's this violinist there's this electric violinist on it you play violin right and um i like had mainly only listened to classical music up up until that point like begrudgingly but just that's all my mom kind of (laughs) like would listen to in the car as she like carted us around and so I like pop in the yellow card CD and I called Leanne and I'm like, listen, I can play this solo. <laughs> I never felt so cool in my life. <laughs> it was, yellow card was the bridge between classical music and indie music for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Who knew yellow card had such a big mm-hmm. impact on the world? Uh, my world. And then, <laughs> and then Leanne and I, uh, we played like we we had like a little collaborate collaboration yeah. in high school. Um, we played some shows. We did. It was violin and a synthesizer. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and, it was cool. I don't and know. Then, well, and then Leanne wrote this um this piece called Fly Bike. Do you remember that? Yeah, I thought you were gonna talk about Seattle one oh yeah we we didn't well we you never ended we never ended up playing some of these pieces but um anyway it's been a fruitful 12 years yes of feeding off of each other and it's great when artists collaborate from very seemingly different backgrounds (laughs) oh very very different backgrounds Mm -hmm. yeah was that a good segue (laughs) or like ending here oh no like yeah so you should get involved too oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah you should get involved too <clears throat> so you can meet people like anna marie <laughs> yeah. yeah well the point of laundry also is to have like a ton of people be able to see each other's work and be able to contact and create a community of very diverse backgrounds of music and cultures and race and gender to all be able to reach out to one another and hopefully collaborate or just hang out. So Thanks I don't even know with the camera's still on. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest. But yes, thank you for coming on and waking up early this morning for this. Anytime. And walking up the stairs. Yeah. (laughs)